0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Historical Paranormal Podcast. I have done pretty extensive research on this subject today. I was not aware of Venetian history and how incredibly rich and detailed it is. And please appreciate that it's taken me like two weeks <laughs> to do this, along with my my job, which is fairly busy, um, especially now and. Just life, which gets busy in general, so it's taken me a little while, so I apologize for that. But today, we are venturing into Venice, Italy, the sinking city of rich history, art, and beauty. It sprawls across a hundred or so small islands in the Adriatic Sea, giving Venice no roads, only canals, which includes the Grand Canal. Along the Grand Canal are Gothic and Renaissance palaces and museums, but today we're specifically traveling to number 353 in the Sestiere Dorsoduro, a palace overlooking the Grand Canal. And at this point I would very much like to put out my usual disclaimer that I'm going to pronounce some things, maybe not incorrectly because Italian is a little bit easier to pronounce for me, but definitely badly. So bear with me on that one okay the palace known as palazzo dario is cursed killing or cursing its owners and sometimes its owners families to financial ruin and before we get into that let's try to understand the time we're entering into venice has inspired countless works of art and word and is surrounded by its own mystery at one point in time italy was not the united country we know it as now Like Greece, it was made up of a few city-states like Genoa, Pisa, and Amalfi. Venice had early on set itself up as an integral trading port by eradicating pirates along its coastline and becoming known for silk, art, and spices. As a result, palaces began cropping up along the city's Grand Canal, and the city was incredibly wealthy many of the families that made up the ruling class prided themselves on coming from the patrician classes in Rome before its fall in 476. It's unclear how long Palazzo Dario had stood before being remodeled by a follower of Pietro Lombardo, a famed Italian Renaissance sculptor and architect known for sculpting the tombs of Dante Alighieri, among many other famous Venetians. The construction that went on in 1486 was for the secretary to the Venetian Senate, Giovanni Dario. He was an immensely wealthy man who acted as a diplomat for Venice as well as a spice merchant. Some articles I've found list Giovanni as a patrician member of the ruling class, but others have said that he was part of the middle class that had worked up to his position by being involved in a pivotal moment in the Venetian-Ottoman War. At this point, 26 years of wars with the Ottoman Empire had brought nothing but anguish and economic destruction to the beautiful Venice. When peace talks were finally being had, the Republic of Venice sent Giovanni Dario to negotiate them. He came back, not just with a peace agreement, but one that granted Venice extremely advantageous economic agreements with the notoriously difficult Turks. When he returned, he was given the nickname Savior of the Homeland and granted a large amount of money, land, and a title. So far, a a great story of class jumping in a time when that did not really happen. So, so far, super positive story. It was at this point he decided to renovate and purchase a palace, if even a small one, on the Grand Canal. After settling on a small palace next to Palazzo Barbaro, construction began. The Palazzo may have been the right price, but the decision to purchase this particular one may have also been due to its proximity to Palazzo Barbaro. His daughter, Marietta, had made an extremely beneficial match and had gotten married to Vincenzo Barbaro. The Barbaro family were among the first to inhabit Venice in the 700s, via Pula, and like other wealthy families in Venice, they claimed lineage back to the patrician families of Rome, specifically to the Roman Gens uh, Catelia. Now that one I may have spelled, or not spelled, but pronounced incorrectly. Gens could be Huns, I'm not sure, but nevertheless, the family of Catelia. Their name upon coming to Venice was Magadesi, And their vast fortune came from the salt trade. And that's a whole other thing. If y'all ever want to look up the salt wars, specifically in India, uh, and between India and Britain, really, really interesting stuff, but it was really all over the world. That's just the main one that comes to mind is the one with India and Britain, maybe not a war, but definitely a problem (laughs) anyway. These people were born patricians and Venetian leaders and this marriage was an important step to solidify Giovanni's position in Venice. After Giovanni Dario's passing in 1496 at the age of 80, he passed Palazzo Dario on as a dowry to his daughter Marietta and her new husband Vincenzo. By the way, the palace is a four-story gothic beauty covered in polychrome marble and arched windows, with a columned balcony and a gorgeous, and just not a gorgeous, but many gorgeous stained glass windows. It also has an inscription written on the Grand Canal side, and bear with me as I try to read it. It reads, Urbis Genio Iones Darius. This inscription translates to Giovanni Dario to the genius of the city, which Giovanni had carved into the wall as a thanks to the people of Venice. But... After around 15 years in the palace, tragedy struck the Barbaro family. Vincenzo Barbaro had lost all of his money in trade with the Turks, and the family was bankrupt. During a heated argument, Vincenzo was then stabbed to death on the streets of Venice. Marietta and her three sons, Gasparo, Giacomo, and Giovanni, were left to the kindness of their Barbaro relatives. This was too much for Marietta. She threw herself from the top floor of the palace into the Grand Canal, where she died. And the curse wasn't finished yet. Her son, Giacomo, was soon after ambushed in Crete, where he was conducting business and murdered by unknown assailants. After these tragedies, the house passed on to Gasparo, I cannot say that name, Gasparo, Gasparo, I don't know, um, just This is the last time I'm going to have to say it. But the house passed on to Gasparo and Giovanni, whose descendants kept it in the Barbaro family until 1838, after they'd lost nearly all of their wealth and lived in relative poverty, in a beautiful place, but very, very poor. In 1837, the palace was sold by Alessandro Barbaro to Arbit Abdal, an Armenian precious stone dealer. Nearly directly after purchasing it, though, Abdel began experiencing financial losses and soon went bankrupt. He quickly sold the house at an extreme loss for only 400 pounds to British scientist and historian Rodden Brown. Brown soon discovered a vast fortune would be needed to restore this palazzo, and it was his passion to do that. While the house was nearly completely restored and renovated, Rodden Brown did sink all of his financial assets into doing this, and as a result went bankrupt and sold the house to a Hungarian count in 1842, after four years in residence. Later, Rawdon's relationship with another man was discovered, leading him not only to financial ruin, but to a murder-suicide with his lover in a Venetian apartment. After the sale to that Hungarian count, Palazzo Dario's strange occurrences caused him to quickly sell it to a wealthy Irishman. And then for unknown reasons, he then sold it to another and another until it landed in the hands of Countess Isabel Contran de la Baume Pluvenel and her friend, Augustine Bulteau. They were socialites known for hosting lavish parties with distinguished guests such as Claude Monet. While nothing happened of consequence to them, a poet they hosted in their home for a few weeks quickly came down with a serious illness and had to abruptly leave Venice for France. Now, that one I'm going to go ahead and say is probably not a thing, just because people get sick all the time. This was the 19, early 1900s, there could have been many reasons. But the next owner was the American multimillionaire, some say billionaire in some articles, Charles Briggs. Charles loved the beauty of Venice. And he and his lover, Osvaldo de Carrera, lived in Palazzo Dario until the late 1960s, when the Italian officials discovered their relationship. Charles was declared persona non grata and asked to leave Italy for good because homosexual relationships were still considered a crime. When he and Osvaldo moved to Mexico, the stress of the move and the social stigma were just too much for Osvaldo, who then committed suicide. After this house gained even more of a reputation than it had previously had from the deaths in the Dario and Barbaro families, gondoliers began to avoid it and they let all of the tourists know for that matter why they were avoiding it. So the rumor mill reached international levels and even the Venetians did not like walking near it. They even said that the inscription carved there by Giovanni Dario giving thanks to the city of Venice was actually an anagram for the Latin phrase Sub ruina insidiosa genero. And that means, or translates to, I generate under an insidious ruin. There are also rumors that the house was built upon an old Templar cemetery. Um, and I've kind of, I found this to be the most common reason given for the reason that the house also tilts to the right, kind of. Um, I there's There's no... Evidence to suggest this at all, other than people say that it's the case. After Charles Briggs was forced to leave Italy, the operatic tenor Mario Delmonico was interested in buying the house. He'd heard the rumors, but he was not one to turn down a great palazzo on the Grand Canal due to a few unfounded rumors. On the way to finalize the paperwork to purchase the house, he was in a car accident. Believing at this point in fate, he decided not to buy it. Count Filippo Giordano de la then acquired the property. He didn't believe in cursed houses either. And this particular palace in Venice was not only at the right price, hello, but provided an excellent getaway from his home in Turin. However, on July 19th, 1970, shortly after moving into the palace, He invited an attractive Croatian sailor by the name of Raul Blasic, who he'd taken as a lover recently, back to this gorgeously appointed Palazzo Dario. Raul felt that his wealthy boyfriend should be providing him some sort of benefit, like a financial stipend maybe. And if he did, Raul could leave the military and maybe start a new life in Venice. However, Filippo wholeheartedly disagreed and denied Raul any sort of benefit. Raul was upset by this and smashed Filippo's head in with a blunt instrument causing a violently bloody mess in his bed. He was found the next morning by the maid. Raul then fled to London, where it's said that he was killed, but I don't really see any other documentation as to how or why. Kit Lambert, the then-manager of the mega-famous band The Who then bought the palace with the money earned from their most successful album to date, Tommy. It's said, however, that he refused to stay in it for long, preferring to stay in a hotel nearby because ghosts infested the house. And he was not the only one. They had, or he had guests over at his house quite often who also refused. Sometimes they would even sleep in a gondolier's office um, just because it was nearby. Because they would rather sleep there than in that house. Now, he did own it for quite some time until his drug use and bad money management caused him to sell it. In 1981, interestingly, he died after falling down the stairs at his grandmother's house in England. The next owner to come in possession of Palazzo Dario was Fabrizio Ferrari. He and his sister Nicoletta moved into the home. Nicoletta soon died in a car accident that Phoenicians felt was odd In that crowded city, there were no witnesses that claimed to see it or even hear it. She was just found dead in the crashed car. Fabrizio did not escape the house either. He fell into financial problems and then was arrested for beating a model in his home. He lost his businesses and then sold the home to financier Raul Gardini in the late 1980s. Raul was going to renovate the house and give it to his daughter, but after a series of financial setbacks and legal troubles in the city of Ravenna, he was unable to do so. In circumstances that aren't entirely clear, he committed suicide in Milan in 1993. After this, as you can imagine, it was incredibly hard to find anyone willing to buy Palazzo Dario. Woody Allen had considered it in 1999, but after hearing about all of the murders and the gory history of it, he decided against it. Even as recently as 2002, the original bassist for The Who, John Entwistle, had rented the house for a few weeks um, as a getaway and maybe as a memory of his old band manager, Kit Lambert. A week into his rental, he had a heart attack. Now the house is owned by an American company and it's occasionally used to host art exhibits in partnership with the nearby Guggenheim Museum. No one has reported any strange deaths from visiting, but Venetians swear that the house that kills is not finished yet. So after hearing all that, I wanted to do a lot of research because I was like, this sounds like crazy and more people should know about this because it seems like it's very well documented reading all of the articles that are there however I really hate to burst anyone's bubble but I have some damaging news so let's go back to the first deaths that the house reportedly caused we have Marietta Vincenzo and their three sons one of whom, Giovanni, was supposed to have been mobbed in Crete and murdered. Let's actually start with Marietta. Marietta lived to the age of 39. Now, her cause of death is listed as, in some articles, natural causes. And then some people do say she committed suicide. They said at age 39, that was a normal time for women to die back then. I don't know about all that. So that's a maybe, maybe she committed suicide at age 39. It seems right for the timeline. Who knows? Well, she did have one son, the name that I can't say, Gasparo or Gasparo, however you say it. He died at 18 and it's unclear as to why. And Giovanni, who was mobbed in Crete, um, he actually is not her son, the one that was mobbed in Crete. He died in war and he was a descendant of hers. So Giovanni uh, and Giacomo ended up inheriting the house and taking care of it. And it actually stayed in the Barbaro family until the early 1800s. So that was one thing. Now Vincenzo is another thing entirely. I couldn't find news good or bad about Vincenzo. So he could have died, stabbed to death, but I mean, there would be some kind of documentation for that. So let's go to the next one to Arbit Abdul. That one also proved to be untrue. So they say that he died in misery and so on and so forth. He did die in financial ruin, but they didn't say that he was necessarily sad about it. It may have just been a thing that happened. So we don't actually know. And that was not my bombshell this one is when we go to Rodden brown the legends have it that his relationship with another man was discovered and that led him to having a terrible reputation and then to a murder suicide with his his lover in his venetian apartment entirely not true at all um he died rodden lubick brown in venice but he died at an older age supposedly peacefully and is a really renowned archivist historian and scientist from england so that never happened there was no lover as far as i know he never took a wife and was friends with john ruskin who is a whole other thing i can't even i don't even know so there really is nothing at all to prove that that was the case so i'm not sure where that came from all right Next, we're going to go to the American multimillionaire Charles Briggs. This one was true. So he was absolutely declared persona non grata and asked to leave um, Italy for good. Osvaldo did commit suicide in Mexico afterwards. The next one that we see, the really nasty one, and the only murder to actually occur in Palazzo Dario is the Count Filippo Giordano de la Lanza. That was True absolutely was murdered there. And his uh, boyfriend or lover was uh, then killed in England. So very, very true. And actually all of the stories after that, uh, Raul Gardini, um, Nicoletta and Fabrizio Ferrari, all of those are true. So the one or the few uh, that we talked about are the ones that are not true, but that's still scary. That is enough for me to say, okay, maybe there's something to this. There's just a lot of unknowns when it comes to Palazzo Dario. So I would see say that if you're going to go to Venice, check it out. Go see it. You know, don't stay there. You can't anyway, but don't stay there because it's, uh, it's a little... It's got a bad reputation for a reason, I would say. All right, you guys. I hope y'all have a fantastic week. Again, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, follow me on Instagram. I am uh, Historical Paranormal, And let me know if there's any stories that you would like to hear. Something fun like Palazzo Dario, where it's not very well known, is always appreciated. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week.